This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life. And this is my mom, Carmen. As we always say at Summit Life here, our vision is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Guys, it's Monday. Hope we all had a great weekend. Hope everybody watching this had a great weekend. But Dad, last week we finished, actually we had our question and answer show, but you know we're going to be moving on. And we were talking about Jesus, the change agent, and we were in part two. And I know this one we're going to continue on, so this is going to be a part three. And I remember we were talking about, um, and I just wanted to kind of recap that and and look at that again. Um, We talked about the judgment of this world, or use that phrase. And a couple things on that. You talked about how um, the word world has a couple of different meanings there. And where I would, I used to read that and think it's the people or it's the earth. But really, there's a couple other words for that. And um, I just wanted to recap that. But also, um, there's this judgment of the world that we project to the final judgment. The final but, day. But there's yeah. also an application that is past. So let's start with that. Yeah, just to review just a little bit. You know, when I was growing up in church, we used to sing a song that uh, as children in Sunday school, Jesus has got the whole world in his hands. (laughs) And so our application in its English use is we're thinking about the earth. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you read an English translation of the Bible and you're not reading it in the original language, words are used um, that we interpret one way but actually the Greek word or the Hebrew word uh, implies a totally different thing. So when you read the New Testament, sometimes the word world matches the English translation. It does mean the earth. However, most of the time that we read uh, scriptures or scriptural phrases that reflect the word world, It's referring to one of two words that are the word for age. Now, some in some of our updated versions have made that change where they will say until the end of the age Uh, or, you know, other passage of scripture where we'll define it properly as the word age. There's two Greek words primarily. One is the word cosmos and the other one is I own which we get our English word aeon, aeons and aeons of time. Mm -hmm. So one age means that one definition for age, if it's the word I own, it means a indefinite period of time, but it does have an end. It it had a beginning and it had an end. Uh, And, but it does not help us understand what is happening during that age. The definition for that is this other word for age, cosmos. Mm -hmm. And uh, that means an order or arrangement of authority, a structure of government and hierarchy. And so I use this phrase, 
whoever rules during a certain period of time determines and affects the living conditions of those that are being ruled. So we talk about reigns of kings and queens. And so we know that during their reign, we could say uh, during their tyrannical reign. So we would just say during their age, uh, during this period of time in which they ruled over their country, they ruled it like a tyrant. There was a suppression of rights and liberties and freedoms. Or we'll say, you know, the, the, the great and the good reign of our king or queen. In other words, it was a time of prosperity, a time of where the king ruled on the behalf of his people and showed benevolence and kindness to them. So we know that ages have a, a beginning and an end, but they also are earmarked by who rules over them, who reigns over them. Yeah. And then that affects the people of those that are living in that. So you had mentioned, Carmen, that uh, this term, the judgment of the world, most of us have deferred our understanding to this phrase, its mm -hmm. application uh, scripturally only to the last days. Right, the final judgment. The yeah. final judgment, the white throne judgment. But in fact, you know, and I wasn't trying to be controversial. Uh, you know, I wasn't trying to incite controversy. But we just talked about that Jesus clearly uses this phrase, the judgment of the world or the judgment of the cosmos. There was a apparatus of tyranny. There was a hierarchy of tyranny. There was an order of authority that Satan had established in which he created a climate he, and, and conditions that really his age, his rule over mankind as the prince of this age brought mankind into an age of fear and death. And we talked about how man was enslaved with a spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, some people would want to argue and they would say, hey, God is uh, the ruler of this world and Satan is an imposter and he only tries to act like it. Uh, well, we need we're going to go into the in the next session. We're going to talk about how that Satan through deception and seduction was able mm -hmm. to steal authority. It was a stolen authority, but in fact, he was able to subjugate the human race and to be Lord over them. And you go, well, what's the biblical evidence and support for that? When Jesus was tempted, one of the temptations is it said that Satan took him and showed him in a moment of time all of the kingdoms of the world yeah. and said, if you will bow down to me and worship me, he said, I will give them to you. There's no way that Satan could have offered the kingdoms of this world to Satan or to Jesus unless it was a legitimate temptation and a legitimate offer. So we're going to get into how he created this arrangement and how Jesus then destroyed that arrangement and what Adam lost, Jesus 
uh, restored. I want to just make reference to the two passages that we left off last Thursday and talking about because they're highly important and for our study they're going to be kind of foundational for us to reemphasize and for you to you know put in the arsenal of, of this revelation and the reason why it's so important for me to maybe just reemphasize this and repeat this is because so many Christians we think that we need to try to attain a victory over Satan instead of living a life from a place of victory. These scriptures make you armed and dangerous to the devil. They, they equip you to have a, a renewed mind in the framework of your thinking and how you view the current position and uh, the current authority that the devil possesses. What do you think is in us that makes us feel we have to do that? Uh, have to do do what, David? Has to overcome. Yeah, well, I do think there is an aspect in us of we are filled with the Spirit of Christ who is the overcomer. Mm-hmm. And that we now have the privilege of overcoming even as Jesus has overcome. But there is a difference uh, between uh, taking the field in cosmic conflict and battle, engaging an enemy where the outcome of the war is still in doubt. Mm-hmm. So it is a fight for survival. And then you engaging in a battle and you know that the war is already been won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are in a cleaning up operation. Um, it was a much different thing uh, for the American forces in Iraq to locate Saddam Hussein hiding in his spider hole. And when they pulled him out, did he look like a dictator? Did he look like someone who had ruled that country with tyranny Mm. and had all the opulence and optics of power? No, he was a defeated foe. And so... When when the, that soldier pulled him out, he was more powerful than Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Even though he may have been just a private or a corporal or a sergeant, in that moment, his authority was greater than what Saddam Hussein possessed. But just a few weeks earlier, that man commanded an entire army, had all sorts of weapon systems available to him, and was more powerful based upon his position than a private in the U.S. Army. And so when we go, I'm not wanting to minimize in any way that we are in spiritual warfare, but we lead our lives and we go into battle knowing that Jesus has crushed Satan. Uh, You know, Satan was able to wound his heel but Jesus, the seed of the woman, has crushed his headship. His ability to maintain control and power over this planet is over. Now, Revelation paints a picture, and we're going to look at that passage in the next coming few days. Um, he, Because he has been removed from his position, which was a stolen power, a stolen authority, He has come down with great rage. He's limited in his base of operation. 
and he wants to make war on the saints. But we will overcome him by the blood of the lamb, Mm -hmm. the word of the lamb's testimony, and then us embracing the power of the cross and loving our lives not unto death. So I want to reemphasize John chapter 12, verse 31. It says, the prince, Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be cast out. I want to repeat that again because I want to reemphasize it over and over again. Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Not that the day of judgment is coming in the present tense. He said, now is the judgment of this age or the arrangement and order of authority. Now is the judgment of this age. Now will the ruler of this age be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up, I will draw people to myself. Then we see in John 16, Jesus assuring the disciples of the presence, continued presence of God in their life after his departure. He said that the Holy Spirit would lead us into truth and assure us of three Mm -hmm. guaranteed, based on covenant, covenant blood, based on the authority of God confirming this covenant with us. He said he would convince us of three realities. So there's no regression from these realities. They're established. Uh, These things cannot be altered. They cannot be changed. He said the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And not just that we have been sinful, but that sin has been dealt with. And then he said that he would convince us of righteousness because Jesus has ascended and gone to the Father. So the, the disciples had gone uh, through the earthly ministry with Jesus for three and a half years. They saw a righteousness in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God manifested in the man, Christ Jesus. But now they were going to have the continued reality and reminder that Jesus was imparting his righteousness to the disciples, a righteousness that was superior than the law of Moses, a a righteousness that is a self-righteousness attained by human effort. And so he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the righteousness of God that you saw in Christ. Mm -hmm. That was was apart from human effort. Then he said, he will remind you of judgment. Because the prince of this age has been judged. So there is a verdict. There is a case that has been settled. You know, when we talk about the word judgment, if you have a judgment against you or a judgment for you, it means that something that cannot be altered, specifically if it was given from the Supreme Court, That decision is final. There has been a decision that has come down from God on our behalf. He has advocated, he has adjudicated on our behalf, and it has sealed Satan's fate and doom. It has disrupted his plan, his purpose, 
and it is reoriented and rearranged the age, the order of the old age. Now, if the old age, I mean, we keep talking about it's been judged. If the old age has been judged, you know, how come it hasn't completely gone away? (laughs) Yeah. You know. Yeah. So there's another question that we could ask then. Is it possible to live in two ages at one time? And I know yeah. in one of our episodes, I used that example of or- Orville, Wil- Orville and Wilbur Wright. I'll yeah. get that out of my mouth. <laughs> um, and how that there were people that were flying, people that were driving, yeah. and then people that were still using horse-drawn carriages. And I made this comment, ages overlap. Yeah. And we like to think of a real crisp mm-hmm. line in which a day they end, but they overlap. And why do they overlap? It's based upon the willingness of people to embrace the new or to yeah. continue to reenact the old. So in fact, yeah. right now, a new age, a new day has dawned, a new age has begun. Begun. It's an age of grace. Yeah. And so we can live in the state of grace, mm-hmm. the dominion of grace, um, and righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah, in his prophecy, said that when the when the government is placed upon Christ, the Messiah's shoulders, said the increase of his reign and that dominion will never, ever decrease. There's not a day of decrease in the kingship and the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. I want you just to think about that today. Today, there are new frontiers of the advancement of the kingdom of God through the King, Christ Jesus. And I think too, it increases in us as we mature. It's like gets deeper in us where there's increase in depth and maturity. And that's a manifestation of that too. So it's it's not just a a horizontal growth Mm -hmm. in the nations, which it is. Uh, I mean, there are more believers alive today than Mm -hmm. have ever been There are more and more nations that are coming into the light of the truth of the gospel, but there's also a vertical growth. We are growing up into him who is the head. Jesus as the head will have a body that will be in proportion to the greatness of our king. Uh, there, There is going to be a body that will fully reflect the maturity and the stature of our king. Christ Jesus. So there is this moment where we do see that we're a people that are living in between two worlds or two ages. Right. And I've, I've said over and over again, we're tasting of the powers of the age to come so that we can embody it more and more and live in the, the fullness of the reality of it. But the Bible clearly tells us that the more we embody the age which is to come as it is it is um, growing into more of its fullness, the less power and influence the old age has. It is passing away. And I, I want to finish today by looking at two passages of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul was talking about what God is using to bring to nothing uh, the powers of the old age. And I, I actually love 
this segment of scripture, this this portion of scripture, because in verse 26, I want to go and pick it up there. He says, for consider your calling, brethren, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wisdom of the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not or are considered to be nothing in Satan's uh, world in his age, but those that are nothing, those that are considered despised, those that are considered weak and foolish, says we are called to bring to nothing the things that are or the things that exist, the old arrangement. Mm -hmm. And so as a believer, David, we can just embrace our calling as a fool for Jesus, as one who is weak in our own strength, as one that would be despised by the world, but actually we are age changers. Yeah. We we yeah. are a world shakers. Uh, we are we are making a new moment of history. In other words, his story is going to unfold through us. One other passage of scripture that I want to refer to is in chapter two, just down the page in my Bible. It says this says, yet among the mature, verse 6, we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. And I'm going to read that again because I think I misread it. He said, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom that originates from this age or of the rulers of this age, Satan's hierarchy, yeah. who are doomed to pass away. So mm. the kingdom of Christ will only increase. Never pass away, neither will ever be destroyed. Satan knows that his kingdom is collapsing, doomed. decreasing. Yeah. It's doomed and it's going to vanish away. He is like Hitler in the final days in the bunker. <laughs> uh, truly. That's why he has great rage. I mean, he knows that he has only moments left of what he tried to mastermind and create. He said that he knows that he has a short time. And I want to make his time even shorter. Mm -hmm. Not only do I want to hasten the day of the Lord, I want to shorten the days of this old age. I want to see its final collapse and its final closure mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to where its effects upon mankind who the Lord redeemed and purchased with his own blood, we can become completely free from any tentacle of that former age. Yeah, that's so that's good. good. Thank God for the judgment <laughs> yes. of this age, age and that the prince of this age has He's been just, removed. Yeah. He has been cast out. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. Amen. That's encouraging. Very. Thank you. Well, guys, we thank you for being with us today. Guys, if you have any comments or questions, please leave them in the comment section below. If you'd like to just know more about Summit Life Ministries, 
please visit us at summitlifeministries.com. If you just want to get all things Summit Life, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Guys, we appreciate you being with us today, and we love you guys. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.